0: I have been searching Welcome to Following the Fire, a podcast for Christians who are rethinking their faith and need a safe place to doubt. As we wander through the spiritual wilderness, we want to find and follow God wherever the pillar of fire leads.
1: And just like God's people in the Bible, we get lost, we miss the point, and we don't have all the answers. But maybe that's okay. We're on this journey together. I'm Nathan. And I'm Steve. So the uh, we commonly refer to the before times, and I think in most people's minds, that's been like a, a, a line in time, mm-hmm. yeah. And like we were sent home, or they closed restaurants, or whatever that time was when it like suddenly became not normal but maybe it's more like the dark ages where it's not like one thing it's just a cascade and it's gonna last for like (laughs) 600 years um and so we're just you know we thought it was like oh before and after but now we're enduring it's it's not before and after it's just like this is it this is this is the middle section
0: you know why i like talking to you nathan you sleep keeping everything light and happy.
1: Yeah. I always, you know, <laughs> <laughs> has the news been rough this week? Well, tune in and I will tell you why it's worse than you think.
0: <laughs> yeah. There has been a whole lot of news since uh, we, you and I really talked, I guess. Lots Yeah. Of- the,
1: I think that there was this, it's kind of like, again, the, when COVID happened and then we started notice it was like murder hornets and fires and. And yeah. all of these things started happening. Mm-hmm. I There was a week that felt like that, that was like the, um, all kinds of things happening at once. Yep. And then now I'm back in the mode of looking for disasters in the news. So there was like, a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just yeah, waiting yeah. for like, it kind of fits the theme, uh, or it fits my, we had an episode on that. What's it called? When your brain tricks you into thinking there's a pattern. Oh shoot. I can't think of the name <laughs> for what those are. But a cognitive bias. Yes. Cognitive biases. Biases. Yes. So
0: Yeah, you know how Facebook does the five years ago memory thing or whatever. Uh huh. The um one came up uh, like last week. It said like from two years ago. And I it's like I posted some meme about um wake me waking up in the morning what what new tragedy has happened today (laughs) it's like oh it's still going on (laughs) still going
1: on yeah captain's log we're we're just hardened um hardened pandemic survivors at this point it feels like but it was starting to feel maybe that's what it was so we were starting to get out of that feeling of disaster over and over and you know politics as normal felt like politics as normal as usual for a little Mm -hmm. bit you can go out to a restaurant again yep so people are going back to work so maybe that's what it was it's like in colorado when you when it's been a miserable winter all along and then you get a week and it's sunny and it's warm and everybody goes out in in shorts and stuff yeah and then it it you know it's fake it's it snows (laughs) again it's still winter Maybe that's what what we're feeling right now is we were just starting to get back to normal and hmm. we couldn't we couldn't couldn't keep going I don't even know where to start because it like so much of it intersects with uh like faith or deconstruction or yeah. or uh Christianity and politics
0: well, I mean we got plenty to. Go over over the past two three weeks. There's enough to go on for like a dozen episodes. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah,
1: there really are. I mean, yeah, did you, got... you ever? Did you ever uh, play Oregon Trail? Was oh yeah, that... yeah yeah yeah. Okay, I I don't. I played it in elementary school. Yeah, maybe right. even in like first grade or something in like computer class. With mm-hmm. you know, now that I think back on it, uh, I learned to type when I was like twenty eight. So. but I did play a lot of Oregon trail in computer class. Um, But you'd like, I always died of scurvy or something. I never Mm -hmm. got the medical treatments right, but, and I always felt like I was so bad at that game, but I guess if like a first grader would not survive making medical decisions for his family on the Oregon trail. So it makes sense. But you like, you go along and then you get to a big old river. Right. And then you have to figure out, it's like this huge debate. Like, are you going to, Roe or are you gonna wade? You know? It's like row versus wade and you don't know which one to do. <laughs> well you got it I always I I was picked I always picked the wrong one. That's my dad joke for for the day. But uh whatever I did for the river or I didn't know what any of those meant, but I never got it quite right. So we're still <laughs> and still still today we're having the same debate. Sure
0: are. We just need some first graders to solve it for us.
1: Yeah, maybe that's actually the problem we're in is for mm. first graders of my generation played big long haul trucker and Oregon Trail in school instead of. Maybe it's that the first
0: graders of a previous generation are still acting like first graders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
1: part of it. Maybe we should all learn our lessons of kindergartners. Uh, like the the common uh, perennial meme that you learn everything you need to know in life in kindergarten. Yeah. Which is not true. You don't, this, we're in, we're past kindergarten issues no, this week. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anything yeah, that seems there... to be an oversimplification is.
1: Oh man. Yeah. There, I need an, someone else has hopefully in, invented a word for this, but I, we need a, just a one word, not even a sentence for the kind of topic that is complicated and nuanced, but that you only really get it when you're in it. So th- there's a million examples, but I'll, I'll just give you an example and you can help me think of a okay. word. So um, you have been diagnosed with a serious, with two serious illnesses, right? And s- so most of the people that you interact with, because it's, most people are not they're kind of novices at how, how to talk about that, how to deal with that. Right. Uh, You're an expert with how to by now, how to react to people, how to like help people uh, react, you know? uh, So like you understand not only scientifically what's going on, but also like emotionally you're, doing the work to handle that kind of stuff, you know, um, but each person comes to the situation and feels like they're confident enough to tell you something about it. Probably Mm -hmm. if they're anything like me, (laughs) or they want to comfort you and they're, they feel confident in the way that they can do it. So in other words, it's one of those issues where a huge percentage of the population kind of thinks they know how they would be in that Situation mm-hmm. and and then prescribes whatever that is that they think they would feel, right to that. And we've sorry to bring it. I brought it like personal onto you. No, that's okay. Um, but you know, like obviously, I think Ill- illegal immigration is maybe an example like this
2: mm-hmm.
1: of armchair quarterbacking an issue that is pretty complicated and nuanced and the people who are in it would possibly do the same exact thing that I would do in that situation. But since I'm not in that situation, I, I just am confident in my, uh, black and white solutions to that kind of thing. Yep. Here's, here's all we need to do is this, you know? Um, well another example is the, the, the one that
0: like this type of thing just shot into my mind immediately was parenting. Everybody is an expert parent until you're a parent. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, well, it's like when you're in college, some somebody's kid screaming at the next table, wanting more che- mac and cheese or whatever. And you're like, if they would just do X, Y, Z with this kid right now, uh, I'd make everybody's lives better. Then you have a so kid true. screaming for mac and cheese and you're like, I just need to get through the next five minutes. And, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, you suddenly realize you have no idea. It's like there's no black and white answer, and you suddenly have empathy. And so I think that kind of a that kind of a reaction to things is it's classic human response. But we we think we know what's going on until we are in it, and then yeah, yeah. we really realize that there's a lot more nuance to everything.
1: Oh, tot- yeah. The, and I, ju- I just thought of another one so that I have a lot of uh, conservative and libertarian streaks in me, uh, the, the way I was raised and just the way I think. And so I have a lot of friends uh, like that as well, who maybe would be completely against maybe a government handout mm-hmm. um, or or government is a is a horrible you know, system to try to solve some of these problems. Until you are, you are in one of those where you desperately need it, and there's a, a that program available. And I, I, just came this week from that exact situation happening, and someone being like, "Oh, thank goodness that this is here." Mm-hmm. Something they absolutely would have been against in theory, and in in general, yeah. But but in that specific situation, now that they found themselves there, they suddenly got it. They're thankful for that thing that they would have hated before. Yeah, which is just maybe a the curse, a curse of humanity that we don't get it until we live it. Yeah, you know, don't judge a person until you walk a mile in their shoes. Uh, which is in John chapter two. Just kidding, that's not the Bible. <laughs> that's one. That's a common. It's like God only helps those who help I mean, themselves.
0: Shoes are mentioned in the Bible.
1: Judging is yeah, and walking is. <laughs> yeah, it's all there but you know when now then when you zoom into like let's say church abuse scandals where you're talking about the most sensitive of issues that the few of us have have to go through there's so many strong opinions about it it's almost yeah. like the opinions actually get stronger when we're not when I'm not thinking about the individual people as me mm. it's you know i imagine what that group is like hmm and it kind of works you know you know the s b c or uh, you know catholic church uh sex abuse scandals are just the you know the two institutions who have structures sound enough to find that kind of stuff, yeah, but there are it's so easy to imagine the people behind the cover up as kind of caricature evil people, yeah which makes it hard to recognize if when it's me Yep, and then it's also easy to reckon to maybe uh, discredit the, the people who are making a claim, you know, ba- because I just base it off of my experience. Um, and so i come up with like, this is the answer to that, that thing.
0: Same thing when you look, people look at the Bible, it's like, we are always one of the apostles. We're never the Romans. Yeah. You know, you know, we're never crucifying Jesus. We're we, you know, I'll admit once in a while, I'm like, I kind of want to like deny Jesus type of thing, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not crucifying. I'm not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, which is a huge problem for, um, at least I think it's always been a problem, but we always think that other people have messed up worse than we have or, uh, we're we're the good guys.
1: Yeah, similar that, yeah, situation, the, I think. Yeah, exactly. And the we're the good guys. The bad guys are, you know, uh, unrepentantly evil mm-hmm. to their core. Uh, their intentions are evil. They're 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 not being honest about their intentions. That's a huge one. If you just if you could, some supervillain can come up with a gas that people's just gets people to stop guessing what people's intentions are. <laughs> Political discourse in America would be 30% more simple Oh yeah. Because the the week that we just had, but every week before that in American politics is liberals actually want to destroy your country. It's like have 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 you ever heard a liberal say that? Oh, <laughs> i I want to destroy America. That's that's you know the step one is, you know, social welfare, step two is watch america crumble step three is the party afterwards because we you know um and it you know that there was so much going on uh this week mostly like what what is evangelical christianity conservative america up to and people were saying like what they actually want is this i was like nobody has said i've never heard an evangelical say that you know yeah, I've 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 got like I kind of want to just jump right into it, but go for it. I I have a it makes me so nervous because um I'm so reluctant to share a lot of my opinions um when they're like on these kinds of issues. But I have very strong opinions on most issues. <laughs> <laughs> like I I'm a very opinionated person who uh who is afraid of sharing my opinion. Uh, which, if you know my mom and my dad, you would, it would make sense because it, it's that's what you would get if you <laughs> mix up those two people. Oh, uh, that's so true. So uh, it's a it's a horrible uh, affliction to have, and I can't shut up. So I like I do it, and then I feel <laughs> you could be talking about a friend of yours. Yeah, asking, it's as, a friend. So a friend of mine has got these ideas. Asking for that I just feel like I should share <laughs> to, the, to the rest of the world. Uh, but another reason is. It's so easy to imagine, like, once I have settled on my opinion, I start to imagine the opposite opinion as more and more stupid, like as soon as I've yeah. settled on it. And and even as soon as I say it out loud, now I kind of have some stake in the game to defend that position. Yeah, And this weird thing happens with the culture around me where, okay, I've, I have my positions and I look around and there's some people clumped near me ideologically. Yep. And we, we have, you know, we overlap 80% in our stuff, but you know, a lot of them have some other thing in common that they all agree on. And, you know, I just haven't thought about very much, but I hear them talk about it and I just kind of adopt that into my belief system. Like, okay, yeah, Right. I'm done with that. And then eventually maybe that group that, you know, I have a lot in common with, but kind of the other things I've just absorbed from them, you know, they'll start to say like, oh man, can you believe this person, how wrong they are? And I'll be like, man, that's like a little bit like me. I don't want to be, <laughs> suddenly I'm like in a group and I want to stay in the group. I'm like, man, it's a, you know, so it's so hard to not have an opinion, say it, say it out loud and then start becoming like the, whatever group I'm in, like the ideal human and expressing the the things I'm supposed to express and hating the people I'm supposed to hate. This well, is. Well, it, ha- it, th- it happens. It happens like automatically. You didn't even think about it. No. You yeah. Know? It's a, it's deep in my brain. For one, It's like this is this is how humans get along in society. Probably is.
0: Yeah. I mean, the drive to fit in with the people you're around. It's like a like way back a long time ago. there was literally a matter of survival. You know, if you didn't if you were abrasive and annoying and ticked off everybody in your tribe, they may not give you food. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the when the hunting party goes out, um, I, I was just, I was at the, in Oklahoma for the fourth and I don't know what's going on with the kids, these the kids these days, <laughs> but tons of young, like uh, high school age girls, Walking around in sweatshirts in Oklahoma in July. It's like ninety-eight degrees and ninety-eight percent humidity. Sweatshirts and like um biking short like like spandex shorts. That like it's and funny. the and the sweatshirt goes just below. Their so it butt. looks
1: like yeah, it looks like they're just wearing a sweatshirt.
0: Kinda, yeah. And I'm like, but they're all like I saw this like flock of girls going to <laughs> this store and they're all looked exactly the same. It's, it's made when me think of the, kind of the, uh, the, in, in, in my high school time, it was like the goth kids. They're like, I don't want to be like anybody else. And they
1: all look like each other. Yeah. So, yeah. So they, they absorbed into the new sub subculture.
0: Right. And so that happens with us. We, we find a new group or the group we're already in has certain opinions. And the more opinions that they have, they're like that, or the, even the way they dress or the kind of cars they drive. You wake up one day and you look at yourself and you're like, I am like everybody around me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it just happens.
1: Yeah. And there are so many, it's, I bet almost everything about that is beneficial. Almost every, the things that we don't notice are we're mirroring each other. We're like, that makes everybody happy. It's more fun or the stories feel more engaging. Um,
0: It's beneficial in a world where you don't encounter anybody else.
1: Hmm. Yeah, where, it, where there's – you mean like an outsider that's not like your group?
0: Yeah, when you don't encounter any other outsiders or any other tribes, it, it makes a lot of sense. But we have this world now where I instantly can connect with anybody in the world, and they are not like me. And so my instinct to be like those people around me in my in my subgroup can really – Bite me in the backside when I need to have a connection with somebody in Australia or Germany or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's almost, so we're almost doubly cursed because in the, when we were all in one, you know, little village having to get along, there was probably a bell curve of how easy it was to get to, to fit in. Yeah right? And most people would would never even notice a difference. And some people notice a little bit of a difference. And some people, it's really uncomfortable. Like They really, really, really have to work hard. So on the one hand, we have internet communities now where everybody can find their direct middle of their bell curve and be in that community. Yeah. Which is fantastic. There's, hey, there's other people like me that think this way. And mm-hmm. um, that feels really good, especially if you would have otherwise been one of those people on the outskirts, you know, trying really hard to fit in or rejecting that, but kind of being alone. Yeah. But those internet subgroups kind of make us feel like the world, it still feels like a village to us. It still feels like this is what the world is. And now yeah. when you encounter somebody, you're going to encounter them actually more likely in real life. Cause like at the grocery store, it's not all the people I follow on Twitter. It's just like all the people in my zip code.
2: Hmm.
1: And now they, they seem like completely foreign and alien to you. And the groups are so much tighter. That bell curve shape is taller, but narrower. Mm-hmm. And so the, in, in certain aspects of the group, the, uh, expectation to conform is extremely strong right um and it starts to feel so safe that it's kind of like i I have been have i admitted this out loud? i've i've participated in like republican conventions where like it's you close the doors and it's just nominated republicans voting on republican issues yeah i kind of imagine social media like what happens if a bunch of people Have been in that room for months and months and months, talking about the things that they care about, and then someone runs in with, you know, BLM on their shirt, and (laughs) starts starts arguing. Right? Mm -hmm. It it would not go over very well. It's like you know, you're not, where, where's this coming from? You're not, you know, that kind of thing.
0: sky Same way I've done a million times before In
1: this vast sea of dark All I see is light Okay, anyways, all of that to say I've noticed a lot I was going to share my opinions and I'm weaseling out of it by <laughs> just talking about the, the nature of opinions instead I've noticed a lot where I have found this amazing online community that I am extremely grateful for. The podcast is, is a huge part of that for me and the, and the podcast Facebook group, but just people I follow on Twitter and um, mm-hmm. Instagram instant the, the, that, that instant gram that they have it's now. <laughs> it's like right away, uh little uh, what's what's what does gram come from? Like telegram. Is that it? I think so. What does gram mean though? Okay. Sorry. This is me escaping <laughs> what I know is that there's a monster at the end of this at this rant which is I'm going to share my political opinions. Um I've it's just so great to see people who are going through things that I go through or or have pain that I have or have passions that I have. And it's felt so good. And then the last 3 weeks I watched and this happens a little bit all the time, but I watched as my community kind of congeals around orthodoxy Mm -hmm. and I'm sometimes I'm right in the middle. So I don't really notice, but sometimes like suddenly I'm like, wait, I, I do share all of the things that I share with these people. And now I disagree about this thing. And it's a very strange feeling. And I think that feeling of being on the outside of your political group is extremely important to, if you're not feeling that you're following the group that you're in, And that may be fine 95% of the time, but it's a good point. I've never been part of a company or a group or a family that's right. A hundred percent of the time.
0: Yeah. It's almost like if you think that everybody's right in your group all the time, you maybe should like
1: back (laughs) up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and it, it's so, it happens so quickly because most of the people that I follow are ex evangelical or deconstructing, or they're, they're in that weird space. Like almost everyone started evangelical and is something weird now. Yeah. And so they know what that feeling is. Like the thing that we got away from was this group think that, that leads people kind of away from Christ. That's maybe that's not what everyone thought, but that's, that's a, that's a big, big piece of a lot of people's deconstruction. Yeah. And then we were so used to that exercising that muscle though that now in this new situation that we just congealed and made our own we didn't know it but we made our own little orthodoxy again of like now this is what we're for and this is what we're against i i remember the early months of twitter for me were realizing which people i followed that i'm not allowed to like (laughs) <laughs> because other people were saying, can you believe this person? They're the worst. And I was like, you know what, you know, like John Piper, you know, he's good. He's great. I, just, I just follow him for research. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've, I've got these great books. I was like, Oh, John Piper is on Twitter. He's, you know, he's a yeah. fantastic, you know, and then learned like, Oh, he is persona non grata yeah. in, and, you know, my, my group has, uh, brainwashed me to believe that that he deserves to be persona non grata but Mm -hmm. i would never have come i could have read his books i don't listen to like his speeches or anything so i don't know right you know if i had read his works and judged him by his works i would have been like this guy's great read his books and maybe you know i it's been a while since i've read a john piper book but it's just an interesting feeling though being it's kind of like out of the frying pan and into to the fire a little bit or into a different frying pan feeling oh yeah um so i'll 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 dive in now just i'll just do it so rip off the band-aid dude so there was the i mean there was january 6th committee stuff yeah um there was a the supreme court ruled on kind of a loosening the ability for states to regulate uh, guns at all Um, which felt like the concealed carry thing, the concealed carry thing that felt like a huge monumental decision just because it was so broad and such a old law for about two days. (laughs) (laughs) Then we had the, the ruling where Roe versus Wade was overruled January 6th stuff. What, what else?
0: Uh, There's a ruling about uh, native uh, lands, people,
1: that's right. Um, through, the, through
0: Oklahoma, that uh, states are allowed to prosecute things that happen on native lands now.
1: Yeah, which is a, another huge deal because those for for a very long time those territories have been thought of as sovereign nations. There was a ruling about prayer in school, all kinds of things, and the the Roe versus Wade one is is the one where I think that's the issue the most like what I was describing at the beginning where there's a whole bunch of people trying to use a very blunt instrument called the law to deal with some really nuanced sensitive things that we're not all going through Mm -hmm. but that when you go through it it's very likely that your perspective would be more nuanced than if you're just if you're on the outside if you're if you are unimpacted and it I just I've seen so much so much discourse that is speaking for those people what the black and white law of 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 the U.S. should be yeah on something that feels so very complicated yeah and I've you know I've I I grew up with uh, drinking the Kool-Aid that this one issue was the most important issue for Christians in America. Political issue. The most important political issue was right. abortion. Right. Um, I, I wore the shirt that said, uh, have I told the story about wearing my um, first amendment shirt to high school? No,
0: I'm glad I'm not the only one who wore a offensive shirt. To school. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs>
1: Man, the, I have this story that I've been so proud of for so long until you know, I revisited the story as an adult. Yeah. So um, there should be like trigger warnings in front of this whole thing. But I was president of the Young Republicans Club in, mm-hmm. in high school. I had been listening to Rush Limbaugh since I was in fifth grade, um, which is early. I mean, maybe that's normal. Yeah. Maybe that's... No, I, that was me too. <laughs> um, anyways, Northern Colorado at that time felt to me like a very liberal place inhospitable to christianity which you know is probably was not necessarily an accurate depiction but i felt like the kind of rogue outsider standing up for um for my values i had a really liberal um, english teacher that was he felt like it was her job to shake up kind of our values and challenge those and we we never really saw eye to eye but she uh she had this idea that we should someone got kicked out of school for wearing a, a political t-shirt. And she said, we should, you know, we sh- we should organize a day where we all wear like our first amendment shirt, protect our freedom of speech. And like, okay. what's the issue? You choose it. So I made my own shirt. Really? Uh, like with the back in the day, printable at home, printable so like um, iron on iron on. Yep. Okay. Uh, from your own uh, printer. Yeah. So I bought that, that paper and it said, in like stencil letters, it looked like spray paint stencil abortion is, and then in red homicide was the front. And the back said, um, I thought this was really clever. (laughs) It said like, uh, 2,500 Americans have been killed by terrorism since 1970, 2,500 Americans have been killed by abortion since yesterday. Yeah. Well, um, and then I just felt just full of righteousness as I, Mm -hmm. as I, Walked around school, and I went into my French class, and my French teacher she turned beat red and was shaking, and I interpreted that as like you know liberal snowflake rage, mm-hmm. and I was proud of it, mm-hmm. like you, you know doing its thing. My shirt, is owned a lib. I owned a <laughs> lib, but that, this was before we were. This was the Bush era, right? Know. Right. Uh, we weren't owning libs back then, and. Probably in retrospect, she has had an abortion or, you know, and I, I brought a a traumatic experience into her classroom with the clumsiness of a 15 year old high school boy, um, which seems to be where the debate level is still hovering, man. So anyways, passionately pro-life for most of my life. And then it might've been a decade ago. Yeah, I have to I have to think about wh- when I started. Actually, you know, I, I went to school for political science. I didn't finish school for political science, but I was very politically minded and still am. And I started thinking about. I started to see kind of the the difference between people who want to reduce how many people need an abortion, versus people who want who just want to make it illegal. Right kind of like how do you reduce illegal immigration versus how do you make it m- more harsh and illegal and so coming into this month i i'm i'm a weird pro cho- choice pro life person that doesn't really fit <laughs> in the in the yeah. middle anywhere and kind of the you know like every debate i've ever heard about late term ab- abortion i think you know that happens so rarely that maybe maybe women and doctors should you know I have no idea what would cause someone to go have you heard women this man this turned into a podcast about men talking about abortion so I was specifically a few weeks ago I was like man we should we should be careful about
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're allowed to talk about your own feelings that's okay
1: yeah I was going to launch into like man pregnant women complain about being pregnant when they're (laughs) pregnant (laughs) you know like they're they're not having fun at that point and so making the decision to terminate that that far along yeah uh, almost by definition means like well, well wow there must be something serious and nuanced and complicated or dangerous or scary mm-hmm. or whatever going on and maybe you know Ken Buck doesn't have the solution to that in the, the
0: legislature <laughs>
1: uh and then i started imagining like what if what if we voted on, can you remove someone's appendix? Hmm. Not, I'm not saying those things are the same, but just like, but, but what if, what if people had a say in what procedures should be allowed and should not be allowed? It would be so easy to convey some procedures that are kind of like you can be amputated in a hospital in America. Mm -hmm. That's, that should be illegal. Shouldn't it? Doctors shouldn't be able to cut off someone's limb, you know, a whole body you should, they should be fighting to protect that limb. I am pro limb and I would vote clumsily and a doctor would be like, you, like, I don't know anything about medicine. So I'm going to pretend like gangrene <laughs> is, <laughs> you know, uh, we had to do this thing that nobody wanted to do, you know, least of all the patient to keep you alive, to keep you alive. Yeah. Or, you know, we're this is, this feels like it's starting to happen more. I'm, Maybe it's not, but what can you teach in, at a university? Then what can you teach in you know high school? And what can you teach in um, elementary school? And the more we make extreme examples, the thing that motivates people to vote, the worse our policies are going to be. Say that one more time. So the more we use extreme examples, extreme outliers to fire mm. up the base yeah. around some yeah. issue, The more clumsy our legislation is going to be. Absolutely. There may be no more egregious example than this, than like legislation about trans youth issues. Yeah. I think I want to say it was Wyoming a couple of years ago, or maybe this year, where if you looked at the percentage of people who are impacted by a law like this, you know, rounds to zero, like the, the actual individuals themselves. Versus, like, how much money is being poured into this, and how much rage, and how many people have opinions on
0: this thing? Yeah. Well, in Utah, this, they made a law this year about transgender kids in sports.
1: I th- and, yeah, that's the yeah. that's the one I was thinking. And of. There was
0: one person in the entire state, literally one person.
1: That's exactly that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Where, like, man, the you know, like, I just saw a mouse in my backyard, and I have two pebbles here. Or I could light my backyard on fire and (laughs) it seems like we're taking these, our nuclear arsenal out to, to tackle these issues that like, could you have, could you have a, maybe you couldn't, but could you have a huddle with the parents in that one school? Yeah. You know, like if, if people were talking face to face with like mom and dad, could they come to some kind of an agreement? Like I, I think (laughs) Not every school, I mean, sco- school boards are getting political these days, but oh yeah, that seems like the appropriate size and scale of how to deal with something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But extreme examples fire up the base. Oh, yeah. Man, that made me think of, oh, right. Like, so it's a good practice to like switch your, your, your television channel. If people still do that to the to the other guys, you know, listen to like someone else's campaign and then imagine that it was like your side. So hmm. I see this a lot with like, we have some crazy, crazy, uh, Congress people that are in the news all the time. MTG Marjorie Taylor green is, is just a crazy individual. In, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> And who does not represent you know on the bell curve she is the the super sharp pointy end of pointing out far right right I mean it's serious that she's been elected, so that's that's a big deal, but what a liberal will do is take what she says and project that say like that is everybody
2: mm-hmm.
1: right what a conservative will do is take. AOC, like we we reduce them even down to their initials.
2: <laughs>
1: Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez. And say, look what she just said. This is every this is all liberals. And then they raise a bunch of money. And both of those people's faces are plastered on like political campaign yeah. ads that you get. Yeah. When we talk about abortion, we the narrative tends to be extreme examples. Mm-hmm. And we almost never talk about uh, on the, it feels like it's left and right, but on the, on the pro-choice side, it's kind of against the orthodoxy to talk about that. It could be a difficult decision or that you could feel trauma afterwards or that it's not like a liberation thing, but it's a difficult, you know, it used to be in the Clinton days, safe, legal, and rare. And now it's kind of like celebrated and, and, you know, it's nothing. And, you know, that, that's, um, flattening the issue. Right. On the pro life side, we think about partiers who are just, you know, living a a life of sin with no consequences or, or these extreme like late, late term abortions or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. we just inject evil into those people. Yep. It's almost like we, the left, injects virtue into people who have abortions and uh, the right injects evil into people who have abortions. You're you're saying, you're saying that it's more nuanced than that. It seems like it maybe might be more, more nuanced than that, but like nuance does not get you in power. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine the nuance party? (laughs) They would, (laughs) they throw the lamest parties. Yeah. Their, their, uh, their slogan is, well, (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, it depends you know pick a side and no matter how wrong you are and stick with it our ties will be gray i would love the nuance party (laughs) and the the party line is that you're only allowed to tackle boring issues and if it's (laughs) if it's exciting then it's you're doing it wrong that's exciting issues just from hollywood it's yeah (laughs) boring issues only but um yeah and so extremes kind of like the MTG versus AOC or the imaginary abortion versus the imaginary, we're, we're imagining fake people when, when we think about these issues and we're imagining um, false situations. But it's a dehumanizing thing that turns the, the issue into, you know, takes it away from humanity and turns it into issues and policies and it turns the opposition into an enemy.
0: That's the th- That's the key term right there is dehumanizing That because all the, the phrases that people use, the pejorative terms, that even like like the person popped into my mind is like the rhino thing. The re- Republicans in name only. Republicans have even – like extreme Republicans have <laughs> pejorative terms for Republicans who are not quite as extreme as them. And I, I mean it's, it's, it's all over. The, everybody does that kind of stuff. To some extent, but you, it's when it, you're right. It's it's dehumanizing because it turns this and all this all these people who are doing a thing or interested in a thing or whatever into a a target you can throw a dart on at the out at the wall. Yeah, and then you feel good about that because I threw a dart at a bad guy, and not that you know her name is uh, Alexandria, not AOC. AOC, you know. Yeah. She has a name and she has a life or like the, the one kid in Utah, one trans kid, they, they're just like, they just want to like play tennis or whatever it was. I forget what it was. Just let the kid play. Tennis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: and the, that's not to say like we have gone through and I have been vocal about the fact that there are some issues here where both sides are not equal. Morally or logically right. or anything, anything yeah. like that. Um, but so it's, it's hard. It's, I'm, I'm a little bit allergic to both sides and I always want to add the, the caveat, but both parties use extreme examples to, yeah. to, to drive votes and to stay in power. The, you go into churches, and you, there are churches where you where you will notice the same thing. And when we have these debates, you don't have to argue on the terms that the people around you set. Right. There's there's not a circle that's fifty fifty split into pro life and pro choice, and people like me who are neither don't know how don't even have the word to say. Well, I'm you know I'm pro life, pro choice. I'm pro. For choice life, I'm pro. You know, I'm I'm for a lot of things. that I'm just not against it, as many things as you guys th- want me to be against. Mm-hmm. And so the the issue of the day will roll up. And I I used to track this. I, I used to get a a magazine, the Week magazine. Highly recommend it. It's great. It summarizes the news. And there's always a controversy of the week. And sometimes the controversies are more um, you know, more serious, more impactful than others. But we all get fired up about it and argue from extreme side A against extreme side B. And we form our sides and people ask pollsters, say, which side are you on? And we move on to the next thing Um, until it flares up again. And, you know, my opinion is mostly directed then after all of that towards Christians and the church. And so when I think about these things, um, I mean, who cares what the the government does? I think we are called to love the other, even if we think they're doing something that we disagree with. Yeah. Which I think that we are called to give up power, not strive for power, which is the opposite of political discourse in America. Yeah. Yeah we're supposed to love our neighbor and do good to those who mistreat us, but it feels so good, especially when we're rewarded by the people around us to do bad to the people who mistreat us and to hate our enemies. It feels good. And our tribes reward that like that gets you more in the center of the tribe. Just saying like, I hate AOC gets me brownie points with conservatives. (laughs) Right. the, I don't have to be for anything. I could, I could just be against all all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus didn't come to make America great again. He came to like wash people's feet next to him and make people who were on the outside of their communities feel like they were on the inside of a community. Yeah. And he was notorious for jumping around the issue of the day. And they, they asked him, and it, which is so frustrating because uh, Republicans and Democrats both are fully confident that Jesus would support their, their things right. and their candidates. And Jesus would not. The frustrating thing is that if we got to pull Jesus, he would give some smart aleck answer that doesn't answer the question <laughs> and makes us have to look inside ourselves. And we'd be like, Jesus, come on, you know that. This one's easy side. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying temple right. or Caesar. And he's like, well, you know, right. Right. You know, you know, who do you belong to? And are, and are you doing that? And you know, like who, who cares about the money thing? So, no, Jesus. The answer was the temple, right? <laughs> That's more important. And, and we're against Caesar. And, um, I think Jesus would support all of the things that I agree with. Um, so I mostly am talking to all of you who are wrong. And Jesus would answer all my questions directly and say, yes, Nathan, you're right. Thanks for asking. Write it down. Will I know who I was? Be still and know. I
0: fight for you.
1: Another, I'll, I'll jump in with another thing, which is the with, um, where we're going. I saw a lot of great talk about okay, church Christians have been a strongly and and powerful group, a strong and powerful group in American politics, kind of like the NRA, and that we have been more powerful than our numbers. Yeah, in this one issue because we were single issue voters for I don't know two decades. Um, around abortion right and christians have gotten something that i keep generalizing people but this movement has kind of gotten what it wanted Um, and now if you look at the bell curve of that movement you see some people who are saying more further right onto the states onto Mm -hmm. the you know until we've every last spot and that is first of all that is All of those people are well-intentioned and think they're saving lives and, you know, um, it's frustrating, but they're, none of them are trying to destroy America or like, you know, they're, um, they think they're, they're doing the opposite. But many people in the middle are are kind of like, okay, you know, now I, now we live in this place, so now the church should be stepping up and adopting and um, um, giving money to crisis pregnancy centers, which is, true and correct but here's my fear and so christians who are pro-life uh, earnestly at the core of your being write this down as soon as we make something illegal it's easy to start thinking about the people who do that thing as criminals mm-hmm. and as soon as we think about people who do things that are legal and that they're criminals we absolve ourselves of the responsibility to care about them. In fact, right. we even have uh, a little bit of an incentive to set ourselves against them. So you can see this with illegal immigration where we we reduce down people and say they're breaking the law and we stop and we don't have to think about how hard what they're doing must be and how they must feel and what would I do in that situation. And it's a very human and complicated thing that's a lot different than I don't know. I think we imagine criminals like Joker and his crew from Batman or something like they're just criminals all the way down, but watch out for politicians or conservatives or Christians who start to have tones that suggest that the, that the women who are uh, in these situations deserve to be in those situations and deserve bad things to happen to them because they're breaking the law. And Jesus, you know, this isn't a one-to-one uh, comparison, but one of the, the scariest parts of the Bible, if you believe in um, a literal heaven and hell and judgment, is when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats. And both groups are surprised. And the difference is not, did you claim to be a Christian? Or did you claim Jesus as your Lord or were you fully submersed in a water baptism or did you with the right word said (laughs) none of that is in there. Everybody is surprised because, uh, Jesus says, um, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I was in prison, you, you came and visited me. What did you do? What did you do? And they're like, what, you know, what are you talking about? We, we didn't ever see you in those things. And he says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And the least of these are illegal immigrants. They're trans uh, youth. They're um, women who are considering abortion or who have had abortions. Uh, they're, you know, the least of these are all around us. And some of them happen to be political issues occasionally. Mm-hmm. Some of them are difficult for us in our churches to, to square with our theology, but those are not excuses to not still care for those people and love those people and see them as human. And, and so the call of Jesus is to humanize uh, radically and the, the call of culture is to dehumanize and you can be a, the most progressive progressive, or the most conservative conservative or somewhere in between. And it's so easy to dehumanize opponents or specific political people or these issues, not to mention like people who live in China, people Mm. who live in Russia, or people who are farther and farther from our, from my tribe that I consider the most human, Mm. wherever the church lands on what policy issues should be implemented We should always be injecting humanity into those policies, into those debates. You know, what we do and how we do it should be full of recognizing the humanity of all of the people, including and especially focusing on the people at the very bottom.
0: Yeah. I mean, everything you're saying is nothing is surprising about it. You know, it's it's like... How how we, it's how people function. That doesn't make it any less frustrating. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So you know, I'm not dissing on you saying, I'm not surprised, but it's it's just, it's it's like, it just keeps happening this way. And because we're humans and I don't, I, I'll be honest, the past few weeks I've I've felt pretty, uh, what's the word, dis- it's discouraged, I guess is the word. Pretty yeah. discouraged about the United States in general. Not only because I feel like there are freedoms that are being removed and I'm not liking some of the direction that things seem to be going in general, but also because you know, laws aside, Supreme Court decisions aside, nothing can be said nothing can be re- even hinted at without somebody blowing up and uh, like othering you and make turning you into or turning a group of people into a caricature and dehumanizing everybody. And, uh, when we embrace this difference that we have, or the, uh, this othering, when, when we embrace that, that, uh, separatist uh, uh, reaction yeah then i don't, there's there's not a lot of hope i mean we are ostensibly the united states and we are moving further and further from that and that's just a hard place to live i i am like i'll be honest the 4th the when we we're in oklahoma uh and part of it is i didn't really feel like getting out in the heat (laughs) but um i we also my family we're just not feeling it we're just not feeling the patriotism not only because like my family as in the folks who live in this house we're um very pro-choice now didn't always i haven't always been that way um not only because of that but this everything it's like it's just depressing to celebrate a country that's just tearing itself apart and that's why i'm trying to also not focus on the abortion thing or the other things that that happened with the court but i i, th- I think no matter what the rulings are there's always some explosion and some hate being thrown at each other and yeah. i mean there are, i i am one of those people who will i've been pretty vocal about some stuff especially on the facebooks which makes everybody happy facebook uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I I don't know, man. It's just so frustrating because the reason I've been discouraged. But back to that, the reason I've been discouraged is I see that all this happening, and I don't see anything changing. Nothing is changing. We look back at a thousand years ago, and people were treating each other like this back then. And the the dep- depressing, discouraging thing is, it hasn't. As long as humanity has been around, this has been happening. And I don't see it getting any better. And at least before the internet, I had the comfort of ignorance <laughs> thinking, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's pretty nice. Not, you know, not everybody thought like everybody else, but they're at least nice to each other, right? <laughs> like if they saw a person on the side of the road, like uh, maybe a Samaritan perhaps, they would – Anybody would stop and help that guy. They, they clearly need help. But then you see people who, like, right out would say, no, I would actually probably run over him a little bit more with my truck. Uh, then, and I'm definitely not stopping, but I will make it worse. And people, <laughs> you know, people coming out and saying that, then suddenly it's like this you know, this cotton candy world that I had in my head as a kid just gets worse and more and more and more splintered and becomes just this fantasy. And Uh, I've seen, I've seen it with my kids. The, I mean, I have, I'm 46 and I've hit this wall of like, (laughs) why try, (laughs) you know, Um, I'm laughing so I don't cry. You know, it's like, but my kids, my, my son is 15 and we were in Oklahoma. We were just sitting around like flipping around our phones because it turned to relax or whatever. And he, and he just got up and he sighed and he just went back in, into the bedroom. Like, what's going on with Noah? And Hannah said, Oh, well he, he just read, he's been reading the news. (laughs) (laughs) And he's 15 and he's already defeated and I'm like yeah. what's wrong but he's like well if like he's like if we even live another decade if this country is even around next year you know that kind of thing and
1: that's hard to hear from your kid man i yeah that a few weeks ago this was going to be the the topic of the the podcast and maybe we can we can do this in a future time which is like living in babylon so we we can maybe pick that up uh, next time, but, um, I felt the same thing. So I'm not as, you know, I'm, I'm very middly on, on, um, pro-life pro-choice stuff. The even like gun stuff I've, I've kind of started to dissociate myself away from. It's like, yeah, great. You know, we live in that country. That's just the country we live in. And it's, um, I think the thing, the bleakness that I felt is that I do, I'm, I'm losing hope in w- what is the thing that's going to reconcile this country. And you, you maybe experienced this. Did you, did you drive to Oklahoma from Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you feel, did you have little sensors going up when you stopped for gas about what the people around you thought and what they might think youth, you, what car, did you drive like a, some kind of a liberal car? A bright orange Subaru. <laughs> yeah, cross track. Okay, so yeah, you're you're like uh, sticking out like a sore thumb. Did you feel that? Did you feel like I'm in enemy territory at at any point in in the trip with strangers, not with people you know? In the car, I didn't because you know, lot, lots of Subarus on the on the because you road. have a bunch of guns in there.
2: Did
0: you say? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Well, I don't have any like liberal stickers on my car. Okay. I, mean, I don't I don't have like a rainbow flag or whatever. You might as well. It's a suit. <laughs> uh but and we even have like a couple church stickers on there, like camp stickers and stuff like that. Okay. So okay. but honestly though, stopping in some of these um small towns in Kansas where like all along the the road on the way to the gas station it's like massive Trump flags and yeah like let's go Brandon stickers everywhere and um, you know, going in, it, it I was like, eh. and when we went inside, cause you know, my health, we all wore masks, when we went into the gas station or it like to the restaurant to grab a, a yeah. bike or something. yeah. That's when I got looks and I, I'm like, I just waiting for someone to say something stupid. Yeah. But, um, there were enough, the places we stopped where there were enough other travelers that there are other people wearing masks too and everything, but, um, Oklahoma though, In Oklahoma, I did not feel safe a lot of of places because one day I wore my uh, free dad hugs pride shirt with like the like the rainbow flag and the trans flag on it and stuff. You know, and I I got some looks, of course, but one one person said, hey, I really like your shirt. But
1: they're like, they're They're living in. Yeah, they're living on the outside of that bell curve where they feel like Yeah. Yeah, so the that's a new feeling though, isn't it? Like, Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I felt like it didn't belong. I've been to, you know, when I was conservative, I've been to New York and Seattle and, you know, mm-hmm. I never felt like, oh no. And I have even, I've spent a few years living abroad where uh-huh. the way that maybe we're feeling about like far right MAGA Trump people is just how the world has always thought about all Americans.
0: It is. <laughs> for a long time
1: you know and so but even there um i i never felt i mean you feel it sometimes like they know i'm an american what are they going to think about me or will they will they you know are they treating me this way because i'm an american um and do i deserve it but so my wife is working in rural in a blue collar job in rural rural man america um and when I go there, I am, I am, I have my, my senses are tingling and I'm like, are they, you know, are they going to find out how liberal I am? Yeah. Are they, you know, these, these people hate me and, I, and I don't have a single conversation with anyone. I, I just see the, you know, if you've got a fishing hood bent around, around a, a beat up <laughs> hat, um, if you've got a lifted truck, if, you know, there's no draft beer in your bar, then I'm a, I'm just a sitting duck and I, I feel that right. And, and I, I've seriously, I'm like, are these people going to like realize and turn on me?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then, uh, in progressive America, um, which for me mostly happens online, I have a similar feeling, which is like, are they going to realize how conservative I am under this You know, like, are they going to realize that I and turn on me? Like, am I going to be the, Mm. the focus of the ire? And ironically, like, I'm not, nobody is doing the bad thing to me. Like no one said like, Hey, you liberal, you get out of here. But I imagine it a hundred times in my head. And just, if there are other people like me that have that same radar going up, that just is going to drive our country further and further apart. Yeah. So I think part of the, I've had a couple of wake up calls with that, but part of the bleak feeling is maybe a little bit of a mourning process that this idea of the country that I love, this United States where we can, September 11th, I grew up with September 11th was a pretty significant. That was the moment. That was the before and after until, until Trump for me. And the country was very divided before that. Very divided with a, an election that was decided by the Supreme court. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then not my president right happening. That was maybe the beginning of precursor to where we are now. And September 11th happened. And it didn't matter that it happened in liberal New York City, you know, rural Kentucky yeah. sending blood, blood donations and yeah. firefighters from Kansas are sending their, their best. And there's flags on the highway and and people liked it. That's back when you saw an American flag and you didn't, you know, get scared. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, like we must have made a wrong turn. There's a lot of American flags out um, on trucks. But um, <laughs> so, so sad, but true. We we had our opportunity with COVID. That was the tragedy that is a universalizing thing that brings us all together, and we didn't. Yep. And it's pretty hard to imagine something worse than that. And really, it would have to be like China bombs us. <laughs> yeah. Where there's a distinct enemy for us to all hate together, because it's not enough for us to love each other. We got to have an enemy. So the so the feeling of like, what if it. What if this is just what it's going to be like? And that the thing I'm trying to challenge myself is there are countries where this is how it's always been. And there are periods of history where this is how it's always been. And we were extremely lucky to have lived through part of uh, global history where we had a unified feeling country where where we didn't have those feelings. But there are so many ways to bring light and to continue to help people on the outside or whatever. If, if the country falls apart or if, or if there is this division, there's ways to be Christ followers in, in that. Yeah. You don't have to get, you don't have to fix the country to, to do any of that.
0: And that's what I would like. I would like to, I think it's a good takeaway from all this sadness because there's always there always has been problems. There always will be problems, as history has established. But and it's, and it's, I'm just thinking it's it's almost like there there is a set amount of tragedy and pain that humanity has to deal with. It's and it's like <laughs> it always are about the same amount, like hovering above us. But the contents of that cloud <laughs> are always shifting. You know, back in the like the twelve hundreds in 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 England or whatever, the the concern was, am I gonna die because I scraped myself on the saw today, and yeah. and is my wife gonna die because she has she's giving birth? Um, lots of heavy things, and I mean, even in up through the eighteen hundreds, a lot of people didn't name their children until they're a few days old because they didn't want to have that I mean in my family bible that we have there's like several you know infant baby boy or just baby boy Martin was the name in there yeah um so i mean there's things have been
1: worse in some ways <laughs> for sure you know for sure yeah yeah in almost always things have been worse in, right. in almost every category it's been worse than it is now right
0: and so in some ways we're kind of spoiled i mean i'm Speaking to you, you're on the other side of town. You're like a 20-minute yeah. drive away. But we are speaking instantly through space. And my background is literally a picture of one of the James Webb things that just came out, like, of this, this yeah. nebula. It's, like, yeah. billions of miles away. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, I've got a bright orange car and a bright blue car. <laughs> and right. I can go get a smell. You know, it's, like, obviously, things are not as bad as they have been. Yeah. But the... That doesn't mean that things are not great or that the things are great and that the, the things that we're dealing with are still painful and difficult. But through all those times, when things have been worse, we've been able to come together and try to help each other. And we can still do that now and we can still try to follow God through the wilderness as much as we can. But it's just keeping that, the focus is really, really hard.
1: Hose in my shoes tell the distance that I've come I feel the same But I know that I've been changed Be still and know
0: I fight
1: Here's the next controversial take. Uh, Feel free to take me out of context, people. But I think the civil rights movement did us a pretty big disservice in how, uh, especially how we taught kids. And I'm, you know, I don't know, can't speak for every American school child in public school, but here's how I was taught American history, especially through the lens of the civil rights movement. It was... America has been this experiment that has gotten progressively better.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And now where we did it, we fixed it. We, we fixed it. But when when there were these problems, it was the, the image of my head for how to fix the problem is like a hippie with a megaphone, like, you know, blasting her message into the ear of a cop. And that, I'm not necessarily against that. I, I, you know, I bought a pair of a uh, tactical goggles because I was like, you know what, if I'm going to get mixed up in some writing, I want to keep my eyesight and I don't want to lose an eye <laughs> to it. So, you know, yeah. um, so I'm not, I'm not a pacifist in, in my theoretical imagined mind of things I would support, but, but then now I'm a you know, a Christian and I, I'm all of these cultural stories that we tell ourselves seep into how, what i think the solution is and so i think a thing that i want to learn myself and then pass on to my son is there are going to be these problems and uh the solution is never to to create an enemy or to hate an enemy like right. you can solve any problem on earth without like you can be for things more than you're against pe- the people who are against the thing you're for be more for the thing than against the people, you know, on, on the other side. Right. Um, but another controversial opinion I have is that de- like democracy is not virtuous and that, that there's kind of a, a false, um, right now that conservative America is guilty of believing that like the founders have this virtue, right? This, the, the, or that America is like this virtuous place. That's not true. The
0: Constitution is inspired by God.
1: Yeah, that was. Yeah, it's not true. That's it's um, <laughs> they have placed maybe more virtue in that thing than it deserves, and as a result, it's hard, you know, they, they are less likely to criticize the thing as a whole or or whatever. And uh, liberals um have done the same thing with democracy, so mm. so a conservative will say. The prayer is the answer. What we need to do is just pray or like love, you know, people need to turn to Jesus or let's get back to the constitution and get back to the founders. But it's, it's something like that. It's like, trust this thing that will do it. And a liberal will say like, just let the people vote just like the people. But like, you know, people like hot dogs and people (laughs) like uh, Crocs and people like, People bought PT cruisers. Like people don't always make good decisions.
0: I'm, I'm fascinated by your your choice of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: have you, if you've Guy ever been to a, a PT pond...
0: cruiser, eating a hot dog, wearing Crocs.
1: <laughs> if you've ever been to a pawn shop, you know that like people on average don't make good decisions. <laughs> and, uh, but, but there's this belief like, no, you know, like let the people vote and, and they'll solve all the problems. But if we let everybody, if we forced all people in America to vote on every issue, we would not end up with the perfect society. We would end up with, we would, I'm not a, a strong believer in the, in, uh, there's not an intrinsic good thing that happens just because the majority of people support it. Right. I have found it to actually be the opposite that most people like regular coffee and i know that they're wrong and mo you know the, the average person yeah i'm a i'm an elitist i think um and again politically i'm all for i want it to be as easy as possible for as many people to vote in america right but theologically um i understand that like the democracy is not the way that sorry theologically i believe this is now into just my belief system i don't believe that that's the answer to anything and it it's useful sometimes just like a kleenex is useful sometimes <laughs> but it's not the solution to everything yeah and sometimes it's going to go the complete wrong direction and that does not absolve me from doing the right thing or yeah you could drop me in a in a country it has completely different laws than the ones that we have here and the way that i'm supposed to treat my neighbor is the exact same yep now you know the the norms change and the, the what's polite changes and what's accepted as helping my neighbor Th- those things change but i'm still supposed to love my neighbor so how do we how do we not get pulled into like myths about the arc of history bends towards justice and th- that let the people vote and they'll, you know, then justice will prevail. And how do we stand against, um, you know, let's just make the laws equal to our moral beliefs. And how, do, how, yeah, how, how can you stand in that middle and believe that your enemy is incorrect and that what they're doing is harmful, and that they are wrong and that and that they should not succeed, and then how do you not turn them then into a o c or m t g boy if you could answer that one
0: <laughs> i mean i the the cynical side of me thinks that that's not possible with humanity on mass i mean. In sh- that's in, why they in shouldn't s- vote. That's <laughs> right.
1: Uh, you
0: should have to pass a test. Wait, and that's problematic too.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's uh, discriminatory. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I think that. I think we're honestly. I think. I mean, you know this too. But I think we're just kind of bemoaning humanity, really. Because yeah. even people who try to follow the way of Jesus try to be loving. Um, they're more important than me. Um, caring over, you know, love matters more, that kind of stuff. We all still get sucked into this. Um, turning everybody, other people into the other, into the, the, the reject that we yeah. have to like forget loving them. We just have to protect ourselves from them because they're dangerous. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things that it it's kind of feels like a cop out to say it, but it's kind of like just do what you can in your small world. And I think the prob one of the problems that we have, is the the curse of knowledge. I mean, it's all over the Book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Like, I forget which which one is it. It's like the, those who know much have much. What's the, what's the, help me out here. More money, more problems. <laughs>
1: That's part of it. Um, more, more, much concerns. Okay, now it's it's like, I don't know. Are we making up the Bible right now?
0: The, the more you know, the more worried that you're going to be, basically. The more stress and anxiety you're going to have in your life, the more you know. And even the most uneducated among us is exposed to more of the world than we ever have been. I think way more than the human brain was meant to have the capacity to handle. So it's almost like we have taken the world and the only way we can possibly manage is to break people into even like we, we only have so many pigeonholes to put people in. And like the, the way you think you only have like 12 close friends in your life and really only really know 150 people or whatever. Um, that's why tribes tend to be about 150 people and then they kind of break up it's a, i think it's the same problem our brains just cannot deal with all of the different uh, opinions and ideas and beliefs and so we to to survive mentally we put things into cube uh, to pigeonholes so we can process it and the problem is that the pigeonholes become less and less meaningful or useful or even real When we have more things to put in them, you just got to simplify and dehumanize.
1: Yeah. And the more, the more you do, yeah, the more you do that, the more your map will not actually fit reality. Right. When it's one of those pigeonholes. Yep. Yeah. Something that I forget and I have to, I'm reminding myself right now is that there is no virtue in being more correct than somebody right there's not virtue in knowing more things than somebody else because Mm i i tend to i interact with the general public which means that i'm more correct than everybody else all the time and at work (laughs) i i interact i know more stuff than most people that i work with that's why they contact you (laughs) that's why yeah that's why they need my help about you know a very very small part of the the planet and then i it's easy for me to i yelled over chat that, you know, at somebody, but they could tell, they could tell I was not happy. Yeah, And it was because they were wrong and I was right. And they were doing a thing and they were so wrong that they deserved to, to hear what I, you know, my, my anger and, uh, you knowing stuff, it's definitely not proportional to your capacity to love. And it might be inversely proportional (laughs) capacity to love in in my experience it is um because i i'll think of myself higher and higher and higher and think of other people as lower and lower and lower and the lower that i put them and the higher that i am the um yeah the more and with the like you said like the chimpanzee psychology size where you can only hold 100 people in your brain or 20 people in your brain and the rest you have to like you're going to care about less Right. That's why when we hear that a hundred thousand people died in a tsunami, or ten people died in a school shooting, we we feel more sad about the ten people who died in the school shooting, even though it's more sad that a hundred thousand people died because we can't process it. Right. We we can't process that a million people died of COVID in the U.S. We can process my friend died of COVID. Right. That's that is sadder than you know. So this is this all kind of wraps together for me in how I think I have misread Romans 12 don't conform to the pattern of the world. I have always kind of read that as your morals should be different than the morals of the world, like your standards. Right. So we don't, yeah. we don't swear. Yeah. Um And if you expand out, this is about being careful about the, Patterns that you like are going to happen to you that your society is going to do in specific context with not thinking too highly about yourself. And in perspective of the mercy that God has shown us that we didn't deserve. So it's like starts with you don't deserve any of this. So here's going to be your living act of worship. And he says, offer your, your bodies. But then he says, don't like don't follow those patterns be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and approve of what God's will is, his good pleasing will. And don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. And to me, it's not, then you'll know what God's will is, like what policies he supports or what people he would vote for, or like what's wrong and what's right. I really do think that that means it's so much smaller than that. like. Our call is to is to love the people next to us, mm-hmm. and when you reject the way that society is pulling us to hate those people, then it's so much easier to see what the right thing is to do when you're f- facing that person across from you. Yeah, it's very difficult to know what to do about Putin and Ukraine or about some issue.
0: I think it's one of those bringing back to this, the well, the, the Ukraine thing, it, all this is stuff that we, it's, it's easy to pass judgment on, to be an expert on, and other people push them out, and have my righteous opinion, yep. until you know somebody in that. Like, I've never liked the, the, what's going on in the Ukraine right now with Russia. I think Russia needs to get out. But, it, you know, it was like, oh, that's a thing happening. And I, uh, but then I was at church, when this is right, right. Starting. And one of the guys at church is literally from the Ukraine or sorry, from Ukraine, not the Ukraine. He's from Ukraine. And he was, he was just beside himself, distraught. And as we're talking to him, like uh, and, uh, after church, his mom calls him or actually he's like, I'm sorry, I got to call my mom real quick. Our, how, our town is getting bombed again. And he gets on the phone, he goes over and talks to his mom for a while, comes back and she, he's like, yeah, they're okay. The passage it got really close, but they're okay. Suddenly the war in, the, in Ukraine meant a lot more to me because I have this direct line to someone who is living it. And then her son is right standing in front of me and he's just crying about the whole thing. And suddenly it meant a lot more. And the same way with any of these issues with abortion with uh, lgbtq people if you don't know someone who's been through that or who is in that community it's it's easy to just assume that you know everything and uh. al- with all of those issues i you know i was extremely against abortion and i was extremely on the side of you know being gay is wrong you know you can you can have the feelings just don't do anything about it but until I really got to know some people who were living in those situations or I got to know some people who who their daughters have had abortions and hearing about how that was not an easy thing and what would have happened if they had not been able to do that or I mean, on and on and on, all these things. I think it gets back to what you're saying as far as considering others better than yourself um, and loving them. You can't do that if you don't know them, and so it's so easy in America, even though we have all this not just America the world it's so easy in the world to regardless of the access we have to information it's easy to um like you said, find our little niche on the internet and just get to know those people, just yeah. them and if we don't if we don't force ourselves to do something besides that, we're never
1: going to have true empathy the idea of something or the idea of someone is so much easier to to fight than an individual person that you that you know right i'll try to make this short but i recently went to wyoming and uh my uncle is a great person that i look up to he's helped me in my life and you know like you know i know him um and he, you know, he's in Wyoming. So his surroundings are Wyoming. You right. Know? Very Wyoming. And, yeah. and so the, the, um, the Northern Colorado wheat and, you know, 90 miles away, the Southern Wyoming wheat, you know, had this tiny difference and, and politically have found ourselves in completely different spots. Right. Yeah. And we, we went up to see him and I found myself arguing with him and I, I argued one way, one way argument where he's just, you know, interested and in asking questions back. And I was arguing towards him at him about issues. And I, I felt so foolish afterwards. And I realized what I was doing was I was arguing with an imaginary person. Hmm. I was arguing with the idea of this, you know, like Christian, but Christian nationalist you know, like all in for Trump extremist kind of person that, you know, mm-hmm. exists. But even though you he was right there talking to you. But but the person talking to me is not that person. Right. But I don't I'm scared of those people and I'm allowed to vent with this guy. So I've like I argued against an imaginary person with a real person, <laughs> which I think it's, to, you know, that's Facebook comments in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> um but the kind of to circle back to that feeling where like I now, when I physically move around the country, I have this feeling of, I, I'm, I'm nervous. And I, I feel safe when I can tell that I'm in a safe spot with the progressives, I guess I'm a liberal now, I guess. <laughs> and the, and I feel like in danger when I'm in rural America or, or like obviously conservative spots. And as I was thinking this, this thing, cause I, Drove with my family to Utah and then to this this part of Colorado where Amy Bobert is her first name Bobert, oh. it's cra- you know, Laura, Laura second Bobert. in command below MTG is is Bobert. It's her region and her signs were up and the you know, it's great it was crazy. Um, she's she's um um, what is it? Cocoa for cocoa puffs? Um, <laughs> Cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Cooper. Um, and I like so my guard was up and I was like, man the last thing I would want is to run into a conservative. And then they recognize that I'm a liberal. Yeah. And then I walked into a store and I recognized my friend Colby, who is Trump as it gets, you know, like he is, he blended in pretty well to the surroundings uh, because he's, you know, like he, he does blue collar kind of work. He's all about guns. He's, super conservative all the way in for Trump and i was so happy to see him there hmm. and i i was wearing capris and probably my rainbow hat and you know, like <laughs> and it, it's so funny that i was like the worst thing that could happen at this point is somebody realized that i'm liberal and then like i ran into someone that i know what his beliefs are he knows what my beliefs are but i know who he is as a human right and I was like, "Oh, it's a it's this human that I know that 999999999 percent of things that we assume and hold dear and care about are shared, so we don't talk about those things, right? The, we talk about the 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 ways where we diverge, and we diverge in important ways that are not as important as friendship or as right. humanity or right. or as that kind of thing." And he, you know, so like it's an imagined enemy that I'm afraid of and it's an imagined mm-hmm. enemy that I'm fighting, you know, yep. it's not, it's not real.
0: Yep. Looking forward to hopefully getting back to the times when you can go to a, like a dude ranch and it's like, Oh, this is quaint <laughs> <laughs> and fun and not like, I uh, hope nobody like starts talking about Trump <laughs> or pulls a gun on me.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's so funny that I have, I have, I actually have the impulse to start it. I want to be like, you guys are all wrong. And I'm, you know, here's, here's what I think. Right. And I have been strongly into politics my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've never, I've never had that feeling of like, I have a side, there's another side. I'm, you know, it's by geography, it's by religion, it's, it, you know, it's by all of these dividers, and I cannot see eye to eye, and I will not, and I refuse to. In fact, my community demands that I not see eye to eye with these other people. My community has said you are the enemy, and I, I cannot fraternize with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I could, I'm stuck in a, in a political loop.
0: Yeah, I feel that's kind. Of, I, I'm the same thing. I, I'm stuck
1: in a loop and i need to <laughs> yeah, jolt myself out of it.
0: i oh, we'll get there
1: hopefully one day yeah. maybe. This is what i i have so much more i want to say. This is it's because i miss you and <laughs> it it piles up in my brain. I want to say like and another thing. <laughs> I noticed this this thing the other day.
0: So, i uh, take notes. Well, we we have lots more time to talk about it next time. Yeah, this is I've got, I've got things good. I got. I got plenty to say about it, too. I'm going to let, let you vent a little bit. But I I, oh. I got all kinds of things to say.
1: That's good. Yeah, this was a I, I look forward to uh, questions and comments and concerns about. I feel like they were I'm already dreading the clumsy things I said. So nah, you are
0: fine. That, that does remind me one thing I would think that we, I want, we haven't done it in a while, but I'll, I want to, maybe I'll put this at the beginning or something. I really want to encourage our listeners to communicate with us and send us some questions or disagreements or uh, it, especially it, it'd be great if you did like grab your phone and open up the recorder app, record a question for us or a statement or whatever, and we can play it on the show and we can answer it or talk about it or et cetera.
1: We would love to hear from you. It's like fills me with joy and um, you don't have to agree with us or absolutely. Uh, you can, you can agree with us mostly and then say you really missed, missed an opportunity here. And that is, that is always great for us to hear. Yeah. Or we can just tell you how you're wrong. Yeah. That's if, yeah, if you, yeah. that's why I enjoy when you disagree, because then I can be like, It's gonna be feel so good when I just level this person with logic. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I hope that's next week. Uh, I guess the Supreme Court's done for a while, so we can
1: breathe a sigh of relief. (laughs) No, we can't, Steve. It's because it's like it ends with a cliffhanger, but then they're like, "Next season, what? You know, stay tuned for a preview of what's coming next." And it's all bad, and it's gonna. Sorry, it's, you, were yeah, to, it's you were trying to it's something you're trying to try to pass back into positive. Yeah,
0: come on, go on. Sorry, keep keep going. <laughs> Hopefully everything will be just easy breezy. The next we it just you know, don't don't open anything on your phone. Don't look at the news, don't <laughs> listen to the radio. Just get an audio book like that's nice and fluffy about dragons or something, and then <laughs> you know, just put your head in a, in the sand for a while. It's probably good for you once in a while.
1: I think it maybe is yeah. I'm reading about mushrooms. It's not, dude. I
0: just I just watched the first couple ep- uh, episodes of the Michael Pollan thing. Is it? Uh, no, what's it say? Totally different mushroom what?
1: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is like psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> no, minor, minor. Uh, there's a little bit of psychedelics, but
0: yeah, mushrooms are fascinating. That uh, have you seen the 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 fabulous fungi on Netflix? No, this
1: this is like. This is my first introduction. I didn't even know mushrooms existed until about a month ago when I picked up this book, and now it's They're just everywhere. blowing my mind. They're everywhere. They're no. not plants. They're not animals. No, they talk to They're... each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's
1: well, a much, there's a new to all of the world's problems.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a new uh, four part documentary series based on by, Mal- by Michael Pollan, based on his okay. book, "How to Change Your Mind." Is the title? Yeah.
1: That's what I Okay, that's what I want to read. I have heard about that. Yeah, so the, read it there's
0: four episodes. Like The first episode's about LSD. The second one's about psilocybin from Magic Mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the other two are. MDMA and something else. But um, yeah, fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. You need to find me some mushrooms. <laughs> heart, I, th- I think I know how now. So. Really?
2: Yeah.
1: I am afraid I'd be afraid... I'd eat the wrong one. <laughs> uh, yep. But, anyways, there's no people. It's just like plants, stuck into plants, breaking down uh, plants. All right. Well, I will see you later, dude. See you, Steve.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you got something out of the episode today. Check the show notes in your podcast app for all the links and references that were made or you can find it all at followingthefire.com. If you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash followingthefire to become a patron. And of course, we'd love it if you rate the podcast and share it with others. See you later. And I'll give you all my heart
1: Don't you know it's all I have On my heart can't compare with what you're worth. I have
0: been running almost all my life, but you you always chase me down.